This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Let's continue on about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8 this morning. As I was studying about the Holy Spirit, and we've been going through the, 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 uh, the Bible, you know, we've kind of been following that line of the Spirit from Genesis, and we've been covering, of course, we saw it as the wind, we saw it as the strength, we saw it as a descend upon a dove, as, as descended upon the Lord's Savior. And then we saw it as a comforter, and we saw it descend as wind and fire and tongues upon the disciples in the upper room. We also talked about some of the uh, things we can do with the Holy Spirit. One of them was lying to the Holy Spirit. We, we taught that lesson on how people will be know that the Spirit's telling them to do certain things and leading them, and then they go contrary to that or say that they're not interested in that, that's not true, or, or looking for some other direction. Obeying the Spirit is the opposite of that. And we, we taught that last time that we taught about obeying the Spirit and doing what the Spirit leads us to do. Today is the Holy Spirit is power over sin is what I call the lesson today. Power over sin. Sin is something we all deal with. We're in the world of sin. We are born in sin. It's all around us. So it's a constant battle. It's something we, we deal with no matter uh, where we're at or what's going on in our life. Sooner or later, you are dealing with sin. Now, the thing is, do we have a weapon to help us deal with sin? And we'll talk about that today. And as I was came across Romans and was studying in, in this chapter here, I kind of call it the spirit chapter because it's so many times you see a reference to the spirit and what it does for us as Christians. So we want to read... Uh, the first 17 verses, and then we'll, of course, come back and talk about these things in, that we see here. Verse 1 of Romans chapter 8, There is therefore now no condemnation. Notice that little word now. That, that means, when I saw that, there is therefore now, that means before there is condemnation. But something can happen that now, there's no condemnation. So how does that take place? To them which are in Christ Jesus. That word in is very important too because it, it divides who's in and who's out. Who knows the Lord, who doesn't know the Lord. And who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice the reference to the, to the title there. The Spirit of Life. The Spirit of Life. That's a good title for the Spirit. Verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. See how many times we're seeing that Spirit word in Hebrews. In verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God, you see that, dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But here's that title again, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For if ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also, or that we may be also glorified together. So man, that's why I call it the Spirit chapter, because it just goes talks over and over again about the Spirit and how important it is. So let's look at what that chapter is dividing us into here. In other words, when we talk about power over sin, how are we going to deal with that? Are we going to deal with it in the flesh? Is that our weapon? Are we going to deal with it with the law? Is that our weapon? Or are we going to deal with it with the Holy Spirit's help? So we can choose our weapon against sin. And God has provided for those who are, we saw that scripture, in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and that is power, and that's power over sin. That's what's going to help us. So flesh, law, or spirit, we have to choose. And we do have a choice. We can decide, well, I'm, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough, I'm, I, I, I'm able to, to take care of any problem that comes my way, I can deal with it, I can handle it. That's fleshly. That's saying I can do it because I'm me. <laughs> or either we can say, you know what, I'm nothing against the devil and I'm nothing against sin. I only have that power that Christ can give me to give me victory over that sin. So the law... We go back to the Old Testament like Danny's been teaching on and what they had to do. They had to go into that, to that tabernacle. They had, they had to bring their sin offering. They had to let the high priest take it in there. They had to wait for the answer. They had to do all these things over and over again because it was the law. And that was the only thing that was going to help them. But we know things changed as, as Christ came and he, and he died on the cross for us and, 
and and the law was done away with. It is finished. He's talking about that veil rent in twain. That all that changed. But it's amazing how sometimes people still want to go back and cling to the law and try to live by that law. We live in the day of grace now. We we live by talking right directly to our Heavenly Father. We come before the, the throne of grace boldly. Yes, with reverence to Him and, and recognizing who He is, but still we, we have that. I don't have to wait once a year. I don't have to go find a high priest. I don't have to do any of those things. But praise the Lord, I can fall on my knees and talk to the Lord directly at any time. So we find that the law shows man how serious his problem was, but man could do nothing to change it. The law doesn't help him. It, it can make us think, well, I need to change my behavior and my habits and, and I know I need to do better and, I, and I've got to do this. But see, that's all about I instead of letting the Lord work and the Holy Spirit letting Him use us and be able to work for us in our life. Yes, we are sinners. We're born into sin. We're sinners saved by grace when we're saved. The Bible calls us a slave to sin, and many many people are just slaves to sin today. Condemned by the law, a man goes to face a holy God. Is there hope for him? What are we to do? Well, think about this statement. What if I said we could die and be raised as new creatures, adopted into God's family, and have power to live free from sin and death? Is that possible? You often hear Christians referred to as saints. Can sinners become saints? Can legally condemn people, which I was and you was, we were born to die, we, was, we, we had no hope, we were going to be in a devil's hell, but Jesus came along and died for us, shed His blood for us, that we could receive Him and have hope, have eternal life. So the answer to all those questions, can we be set free? Can we become changed? Most certainly. Absolutely. The Scriptures tell us that. So God teaches us some things that we are to do. Go back. We're going to go back to chapter 6 for just a minute in Romans because I want to look at what we have to first recognize. We have to embrace death, not our death, but the death of Jesus on the cross. So Romans 6 and verse number 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He doesn't want us to do that. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that, look at this, so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. The change takes place because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That tells me that can happen. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man is, look, crucified with him. We have to recognize that Christ died for us, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, you see that? We believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves, you see that? To be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That tells them we have to embrace the death of Jesus. We have to recognize it. We have to know it. We have to have that on the inside and say, hey, I know Jesus died for me. And that tells me I can have hope. That tells me he did it for a reason. He didn't die for his sin. He had no sin. He died for yours and mine. And so because he did that, we can have life when we are in Him and when we accept that. So God calls us by the gospel to enter the death of Christ so that this slavery to sin is something that has to be on us all the time. There is therefore, remember the first verse, there is therefore now no more condemnation because of what He has did for us. So, that spiritually happens when we believe on Jesus Christ. We believe He paid the price for us. We repent of our sins. We are baptized into the death of Jesus and we are raised into His life. So is, is it here that the Spirit of life sets us free? We find no more condemnation. There are people who just live every day of their life in condemnation of sin. They wake up of a day saying, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to have a good day today because I know I'm going to do wrong. I know I'm going to fail. I know I'm going to do something I shouldn't be doing. That's living in a condemnation of sin. Christians, we shouldn't wake up like that. We should wake up of a day saying, I don't know what today holds, but I know this. I have the Lord in my life and the Holy Spirit in my, in my heart, and it's going to lead me and guide me. I may make some mistakes, but if I listen to Him, I don't have to live in condemnation. I'm a child of God, and He still loves me even though I'm not perfect. So many things we need to recognize. Our bodies should be dead to sin, but our spirits are alive. And God will continually help us on a day-to-day -day basis if we recognize that. The Holy Spirit, you got to remember this, is working right now in your life. Every day. How do I know that? Let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until... Until you're age 30, until you're 65, until you have made it financially stable, none of that's in there. 
but he's going to perform that good work in you until Christ calls you home. Until you go home by the grave. He, he will work in you constantly to help you that do that. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, I'm reminded of the disciples. They, they certainly wanted to make, do all the right things when Jesus was around them. But when Jesus ascended back to heaven and they were left alone, what were they going to do then? Well, that's why he said, you go back and wait for the promise. The Holy Spirit will come, give you the power, give you what you need to go from this point on. Did some of them make some mistakes? Yeah, but some of them recognized the mistakes they made and repented for it because the Holy Spirit let them know. So not just why Jesus is around us. And listen, while we're walking this earth until the Lord takes us home, we are to continue to go in that power of the Holy Spirit with fear and trembling. Let your salvation just continue to work in you day in, day out, so that people see and know that you're a child of God. Verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do His good pleasure. The point is this, can you see God working in your life now? Can you see that? You should be able to recognize that. How many times have we praised the Lord for the things that He helped us go through and worked out that we had no idea He could do those, those things would change in our life, but we recognize that it's the Holy Spirit and the Lord that's doing that. Your faith should be working in you now and every day. People think, well, when I get to heaven, I know that everything's going to be all right and I'll be, I'll be happy and I'll be victorious. No, you, you need to be happy and victorious while you're walking down here on this earth. And it's possible because of the Lord in your life. We don't have to live defeated life. So here and now, yes, there's struggles, there's problems, there are things that we face in the flesh but we always have the Spirit of God working within us and remember that and rely upon that. So let's go back to Romans, to our text in chapter 8 and look at these real quickly as time permits. So he said here, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. That's your daily walk. You should walk in the Spirit asking the Spirit to lead and guide me every day. Verse 2, For the law, of, of the, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. You see, the devil will beat you down every day. The devil will get, get on top of you and say, hey, you're no good, you're a failure, you're not going to be what God wants you to be, you might as well give up. That's what he'll do with you every day if you let him do that. But we need to realize we've been made free. We are free from that. We don't have to live under that. 
In verse 3, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Turn around and tell the devil on a daily basis, Hey, Jesus died for me, and He's in my life, and I don't have to listen to you, and I don't have to live like you want me to live. I live like Christ wants me to live. Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there are things that we need to realize as we go through this chapter. We have freedom because of the Spirit. Our mind could be on the Spirit, and we can be letting the work of the Holy Spirit work in our life. You see, the law can't do it. The flesh can't do it. But God can do it through us. And the sooner we realize that, I'm not going to rely on my flesh today. My flesh would tell me I want to do this and please this and do this, but I'm not going to rely on that today. I'm going to, I'm going to start my day off in the Word of God. I'm going to read a devotion. I'm going to let the Lord speak to me, and then I'm going to ask the Spirit to guide me today and every day. And you'll find what a difference it will make in your life. The righteousness requirements of the law had to be, had to be met in us or we stand condemned. That's why Christ came and died for us so that we don't have to stand condemned. And people try their best efforts. Oh, I'm a good person. I give to this. I do that. I help this one. I, I, I do all these things. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be good. I don't care how good we try to be, we're going to fail. But if we're relying on God and we're letting the Spirit help us go through life, it will make us do the things that we needed to do. He leads us and He guides us into all truth. And a lot of people need leadance and guidance on a daily basis. We all do. So we live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And the flesh is always going to be weak. It's always going to let us down. So the work of God that saves us right here and right now is the one we need to recognize. And we saw that in the middle of verse 3, what God has done. He sent Jesus to take our place. And because He took our place, does everybody? Does that make everybody saved because Jesus died? No. Does that make everybody free because Jesus died? No, they have to accept Him by faith, don't they? They have to realize, hey, He died for me. That's why you and I have to tell the gospel. Some people, they, that, that doesn't even register in their minds. They're not, they don't even know that Jesus died for them. They see a picture of a cross or a necklace or a church and they think, okay, yeah, I know what that means. That's a cross and, and uh, somebody named Jesus died on the cross. But they don't recognize He died for them, died for me. And that it was a purpose in that. So we, we need to realize we are changed by two things, accepting that Jesus died for our sins and then by faith accepting Him into our life. And these have to come together. So I like what the wording is said in, these, in this chapter, the, the Spirit of life, and that's exactly what He gives us. You see, do we still live by the old way of death? Do we still live by the old way of sinful flesh? 
Do we still live by the old way of the law? The answer is no, no, no. We don't live that way no more. But we live by the way of the Spirit of life in Christ. So, how does that work? Let's look at verse number 5 of that chapter 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So what is he saying here? It's, it's a mindset. We have to get our mind set on the right thing. You think about that. As soon as you wake up every day, your mind just starts working. You start thinking about everything that you need to do that day and how you're going to do it, which way you're going to go, how you're going to do those things. And as we think about that, do we stop before we get out to bed and say, Spirit of God, lead me today as I, I got a list of things to do, but I want to do it, do it the right way. I want to say the right things. I want to have the right attitude about things. And I, and I don't want to fail today. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do today. So our mind is set either on the flesh or on the spirit. You know, I, I, I remember, and I know you do too in the scriptures, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was right before the crucifixion, before they, right before they were going to arrest him. And as Jesus was there struggling with the powerful things, and Jesus had, the Bible says he was tempted in all ways just like we are. So he had flesh. And he even said to his disciples, Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray that you what? Enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but here it is again. What's the matter with the flesh? The flesh is weak. So we're to watch, we're to pray, we're to be mindful of things around us, we're to be alert. We are to go to the Lord in prayer and say, I need your help today, just like every day. Because what can happen? Any of us could enter into temptation. Now, is the Spirit willing to help us? Indeed. But you got that battle always going on. Spirit, flesh, spirit, flesh. How are we going to fight that? So we find here that Jesus said that. Now, Matthew 26, 39, look at what Jesus did. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now what's going on here? Jesus was actually being an example for us. What a tremendous struggle Jesus was having at that time. I mean, you got to remember, He's God's Son, perfect, sinless, powerful, and He's about to have all of the sins of humanity poured down upon Him. Can you imagine that cup? We all face things we wish we didn't have to face. We have, we have a cup of things that we would rather get rid of, not have to go through it. Jesus had this cup, this dreaded cup of all the sins of humanity and God's wrath 
against sin and death. The curse of God was in that cup. Jesus did not desire to have any part of that. He didn't like that. I don't blame him. But this was more than the mocking, more than the spitting, more than the scourging, more than the nakedness, more than the shame, more than the nails, more than the crown of thorns. It was beyond that. I'm not even talking about that. That's bad enough. But Jesus was about to taste the full wrath of God that did not want to look upon sin and did not want to be part of that sin. Can you imagine that? And when the cup was held before Him, we find Jesus praying, Father, is it any other way not this? Nevertheless, you see the difference. We may face something and we're thinking, Lord, is it any way that I don't have to go through this problem today? Is it any way that I could go around it? Is it any way that I could just say it's not there? Is it any way I could just change it? I mean, we could think of different things we would like to do to not have to face things in our life. But there are, there are times where we can pray and ask God, and He may remove that. He may take that out of the way. Praise the Lord. But I feel like there are times when He, say, he would say, you know what? You just go on through it. I'm with you. It's my will that you go through this particular thing and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you and I'll give you the power and strength to go through it. And He does. So Jesus refused to give in to that pull of things of the flesh. He would pay the price and He would do it for us. Even if it meant standing condemned with our sins upon Him. You've got to remember, as you see Jesus, He lived and breathed the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same Spirit, we've already read the Scriptures, that raised Jesus from the dead is that same Spirit that will raise us. It's the same Spirit that will empower us to live our daily lives when we have our minds set on Him. Don't set your mind on fleshly desires. They're all around us and they'll get worse as we're on this earth. There'll be more of it and more of it. But fleshly desires goes against God's will. Remember that. It's not that He doesn't want us to enjoy things that He's created on this earth. There are many beautiful things we can enjoy and do. We can do those things. But when it's against God's will that we do things, and He'll let us know that, the Spirit will. Then we're trying to fulfill the fleshly desires. So there's a battleground that constantly goes on in our mind. And God wants to set us free of that. How can He do that? Set our mind on things above. Set our hearts on Christ. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And that's what verses 10 and 11 of that say. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. And verse 1 and 2, If ye then be risen with Christ, look at this, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Verse 2, Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. Our desires, our love, our affection 
should be on things above. Things that are going to increase the kingdom of God. Things that are going to help souls be saved. All these things, helping one another in, the, in Christ. Things that are above. Now, the devil will place a whole list of things on the earth in front of you. He'll roll out a buffet of things that you he wants you to set your affections on down here. And if we get caught up in that, that's all we'll spend our time doing. And when we stand before God, He'll look at us and say, what have you done with your time? Well, I was busy. You know, I, I, did, I did this for you over here. Yeah, you did do that one thing here, but look at this list of things you did that were for the fleshly desires of the earth. It doesn't balance out. So we need to realize what we are to do. Now the work of the Spirit, now time's running out, verse 12 of back at Romans 8. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Verse 13, For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die, but if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, ye shall live. You know what that word mortify means? That means that it's, it's no longer a desire. It's something that you don't want. Something that, that's dead to you. It, it, it's not something I'm going to spend my time on. I'm not going to waste my time. I mortified that. That's not going to be part of my daily routine no more. Because it's not what the Lord wants me to do. Verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We've talked about being led by that Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's little s. Not the Son of God, but sons of God. You and me. Verse 15. 15. For if ye have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I often use that scripture also. I, I know it works for me. If I'm talking to somebody, I'm just having a, a godly spiritual conversation with somebody, I can tell whether they're a Christian. And I believe they can tell whether I'm a Christian by the way I'm talking and the way they're talking because that Spirit will bear witness to them. And to me. Not too long ago, I, I forgot where I was, but I was talking with a lady and, and as I was talking to her, she, she turned around to me and said, I'm a Christian too. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. She goes, yes, praise the Lord. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I could tell that. And she could tell that. And that's the way it should be. And then not only to each other, but when the devil tells you you're not saved, this is what the scripture has. It bear, the spirit bears witness to ourselves that we are the children of God. Don't let him tell you that. All right, the last verse, we'll get to that in just a minute, verse 17, if we have time, our time's running out. But I want you to realize the difference the flesh will do and what the Spirit will do. Let's, let's go ahead and finish with Galatians 5 and verse number 19. These are a list of the works. This is how we can tell the difference. 
The works of the flesh are manifest. That means they're made known. People see it. We know it. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envians, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They are not born again children of God. People that are doing these things cannot be saved. It's just a fact of what the Bible says here. And I'm telling you, as we look at that list of things, that sounds to me like what I see every night when I turn the news on. Boy, doesn't doesn't the news really lift you up? (laughs) It's so depressing, isn't it? My wife and I was talking about it the other day, and I watched the news to the end. I love watching news. For some reason, I just like to keep up to date with things going on. And when the newscast was finished, she says, well, man, that was sure depressing. (laughs) And I said, you're right, it was. Thank goodness they usually try to end on one good story at the end. But when I, when I read this list, that tells me exactly what's happening in the world today. So you can see that. I don't want to be a part of that. Thank the Lord I'm saved out of that. And you are too, if you're a child of God. But you know, it ends with a great warning in that last verse. It says, those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Someone can stand there and tell me all day long that they're a Christian. But if their fruit is some of these things, if their life shows these things, then something's not adding up. Not adding up. And once again, that spirit is not going to bear witness with my spirit. So the flesh offers me nothing but condemnation. But the Spirit of God offers you life. Amen? We'll have to stop here. I didn't get to finish today, but we'll pick that up next time after Brother Danny and his good lessons that he's teaching. And I just encourage you today, walk in the Spirit every day. Walk in the Spirit. Live for the Lord. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.